Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the From the Booth podcast. I'm your host, Mike. And today, we've got a good episode for you guys. Today, we're going to talk about the Pro Bowl. We're going to talk about um, AJ Green's retirement. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl, aka the Kelsey Bowl. Um, but before we kind of get into that, um, I just want to remind you guys, if you haven't already, to please follow the show wherever you may be listening, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, wherever you're listening. Um, also, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss more content if you guys enjoyed. Um, and yeah, let's go ahead and get into the show. So I want to start off this episode by talking about the Pro Bowl because obviously the Pro Bowl happened just a couple days ago and I feel like every single year the Pro Bowl kind of causes a shitstorm amongst fans. Um, Some fans love it, some fans hate it, some fans, they don't know what to feel about it. Here's what I want to say really quick before we get into the Pro Bowl, which was drastically different this year. Um, A, the Pro Bowl or or the the All-Star Game for the NFL is the hardest one to manage because uh, other than, you know, baseball or basketball, football is a contact sport. And again, other, other than football, uh, other than basketball and baseball, it happens at the end of the year, right? Right before the off season goes on and, you know, players go to negotiate contracts or maybe get traded or try to find a new destination. So getting injured in the pro bowl, is devastating. It's awful. And in a contact sport like football, where injuries are um, so much more expedited than any other sport, it's a big, it's a real, it's a real risk to go play, especially against the best players in the league, to go out there and put your body on the line is not something that a lot of players want to do. They don't want to risk, you know, the money that they're going to get in the offseason or maybe their free agency or, or whatever. So you can't just have a Pro Bowl like a regular NFL game, you know, um, you can't do that. So that's that's not realistic. Other than, I mean, baseball, they play the game the same way. Basketball, they play the game the same way. Um, that's just not realistic for football. So here's what I'll say. I think the NFL wants to have a good Pro Bowl. I think having a good All-Star game, like a good All-Star game weekend or a good, you know, Pro Bowl weekend or whatever, is very good for the league. Um and I think that the they're trying different alternatives and they're trying to make it work very hard. And honestly, I think that so far they've done a pretty good job. Um, again, given the circumstances, given the contact nature of the sport, given everything like that, I think they've done just about as good as they can do. Um, I think that in recent years, you know, they've they've um, made famous the, the Pro Bowl skills challenges where they have like the catch contest. They've got dodgeball. And like I said in my last podcast episode, they really cranked that up this year. Um, but what they added this year that was different than in previous years was they added the flag football game, um, which honestly, I love the flag football game. I thought it was a really cool idea. I think it's really great. Um, I had a buddy of mine this week tell me that um, in addition to be, it being cool to see like the best NFL athletes like play flag football, which I mean, we've all played flag football, whether it be in a league, whether it be with our buddies, we've, we've all played flag football. Um, so to see that amongst the best NFL athletes is really cool. But additionally, it also raises more awareness, attention, money towards the NFL 
sponsored like flag football leagues or flag football leagues around the world, um, which is great. Flag football is great. Um, it's our, it is the game we love without all the, the hits and the injuries and everything, which I think, I think flag football is the way to go for kids. So if you want kids to grow up and be football fans, flag football is the way to go. Seeing that, seeing their favorite players play in the Pro Bowl, then they, they're going playing with their buddies. I mean, I think that's great. Um, that's so that's really cool. Um, additionally, I actually thought that the, that the flag football idea was a great one. Again, avoids injuries. Um, you still get the guys, you know, they can make their money in the offseason. But what you have now is, is you have, you know, guys going full speed, guys going ham. Uh, if you're Jalen Ramsey, you're really going ham, you know. Um, but it was just so, it was so cool to see the, all the athleticism on display and to see those guys and throwing around and, and doing all that. And um, having, like I said in the last episode, having Payne and Eli as the coaches were perfect. Perfect. And Peyton Manning getting violently upset when the AFC lost was also very on brand and very in character for him. So I love to see that. But, you know, it's just one of those things where um, it's it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be exactly what we want. Because in a perfect world, in a, in a Madden-generated world, we could throw the guys out there. Um, and everybody would play who was elected to the Pro Bowl. And, and everybody would go out there and hit each other and, you know... Uh, do all that and that's just never going to happen for the NFL so I feel like fans who were complaining about the Pro Bowl um, they need to they need to understand that this is probably the best alternative for for the Pro Bowl and that um, there's really no there's really no way to to fully do the Pro Bowl I mean okay you guys remember like some of the best Pro Bowl moments right like Sean Taylor the hit that Sean Taylor put on the Bills punter that would never happen in today's NFL never 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 um it's just, it's just the way the league's going, you know, the league is, and this is, this is all leagues, it's not just football, but it's just the way the league's going. So, you know, it is what it is. I do want to say Josh Jacobs, um, calling, he called the Pro Bowl games like stupid shit or something like that. I mean, again, like my question to him is like, what do you want, what do you want the league to do, man? Like, do you want to go full out and do you want to hurt? I mean, Josh Jacobs, especially is going up for a contract. If you don't want to play in the stupid fucking, uh, skills showdown games, don't play opt out of the Pro Bowl. Like, you do not have to go to the Pro Bowl. It is a vacation in Vegas. Well, I guess it's not a vacation for him because he lives in Vegas. But it's it's a, it's an all, it's it's for fun, dude. It's for fun. Um, you got to like it to be there. And if you don't want to participate, you think it's stupid, then then just don't participate. I don't know what to tell you. Um, but yeah, I just want to get the Pro Bowl stuff out of the way first and then kind of go into uh, the other topics of this podcast. All right, so next, I do kind of want to get into the news of the A.J. Green retirement and kind of an overview of his career. So earlier this week, A.J. Green announced that he would be stepping away from football and be retiring. And while I didn't necessarily expect it, I'm not very surprised by it. Um, you know, receiver, I mean, he's been in the NFL since 2011, right? Taken fourth overall by the Bengals in that very infamous 2011 draft. That 2011 draft is just, that's, that's an all-time draft. Like, that is maybe the second or third best draft of my whole life like the rest of my life that would probably be a top two or three draft i mean that draft is just insane um just to go over kind of aj green's um you know career numbers 727 receptions 10,514 yards 70 touchdowns um just really really cool stuff spent nine years in cincinnati and then the last two in arizona um he was one of the most dominant receivers of of you know the the, the early 2010s era um, I remember him and, and all those deep bombs that he got from Andy Dalton. I mean, that was that was a good duo. Him and Andy Dalton were a really good duo um, for a while. I remember the Hail Mary that he caught, like just a lot of really, really cool stuff from A.J. Green. So 
I do kind of want to talk about a few things with AJ Green. Um, a, you know, spent those nine years in Cincinnati, and I think I want to say 2017 was probably his last good year. Looking at his stats, that's his last 1,000 yard season. Had 1,078 yards, eight touchdowns. Um, so, you know, he had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He had seven really good seasons. Uh, he also made a Pro Bowl in 2017. So the first one, two, yeah, the first seven seasons of his career made the Pro Bowl. Um, 2018, you know, had had about 700 yards. It's not bad. 2019, missed the whole season because of his ankle. And then 2020, um, only caught, you know, only caught 47 passes for 523 yards. Last two seasons played in Arizona and really didn't do much. But, um... AJ Green is kind of a when I saw the the news of of, of AJ Green, um, it kind of made me sad because it feels like the era of players that I grew up watching are slowly fading away. Um, you know, like like I remember I remember the prime days of Julio back when I was in middle school of AJ Green, of Antonio Brown. I remember you know Demarco Murray. Um, just so many of these guys that I grew up watching and that in my in my early football watching days when I, I want to say I was just an innocent watcher. I I didn't really know much about teams or players or strategies or anything. I just liked watching the games and I would always be in class. I'd always get in trouble because I'd always be in class on the school computers watching highlights from the games over the weekend. Um, Adrian Green is one of those guys. You know, I really, really enjoyed watching his highlights. And um, he is a reminder to me that my first generation of of players that I've been watching are quickly and swiftly fading into the oblivion um, of retirement. And so um, in terms of, you know, taking it outside of me for a second, in terms of his his kind of um, Hall of Fame resume, um, I would say I, I'd put him in, you know, seven-time Pro Bowler. Um, yeah, really had, had over 10,000 yards, 70 touchdowns. Um, Caught 727 passes. I, I think those are Hall of Fame esque numbers, um, and I think I think you do got to put him in. His only, I guess, I guess his only kind of drawback would be. I mean, he was fairly productive. I would say there was never a year where he was like the best receiver in the league. Because again, like Julio was taken, I think six or seven picks right after him. So Julio was obviously like the top guy for a while, and then. Um, like 2014 starting, it was, you know, Antonio Brown was, was really, really good. So was he ever like the top one or two receivers in the NFL? Probably not, but I think he was fairly productive um, for seven to eight years to where you can put him in. Um, but I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be, I think, I think maybe he falls into the, what, what's called the hall of very good where, you know, the guy was really good. The guy was a great player, um, but maybe didn't have, you know, the accolades didn't have the longevity or didn't have the the statistical dominance of of you know some of these other guys. So I don't I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Maybe I'm contradicting myself. Maybe I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Could he get in? I could see it, but I I don't I don't believe that he should be a Hall of Famer. I think he's a Hall of Very Gooder, but in my opinion, not a Hall of Famer. But again, just that era of kind of those early 2010s players um, fading away is. It, it made me made me feel old, and I'm you know I'm 20. I, I shouldn't be feeling old, but I felt old when I saw that AJ Green retired. Uh, Tom Brady, I didn't feel as old because Tom Brady he'd been in the league since I was born. Like he'd been he'd been in the league, you know. So I I figured that that dinosaur was gonna retire soon. But you know AJ Green, like I remember when AJ Green was drafted. I remember 
seeing him out of Georgia. I remember a lot of these things. So, um, yeah, but that's AJ Green. Um, if you guys have any comments or on AJ Green, make sure to um, leave them down below. But I just want to get my thoughts out on AJ Green because I saw that he retired. Um, just I saw I saw it just yesterday. So, all right, and our last topic of discussion today, and the big, the big beefy one that we're going to talk about, obviously, given the events that are going to transpire later this week, is the Super Bowl, aka the Kelsey Bowl. Now, I'm going to do a million episodes and. You might even say I already have done a million episodes on the Super Bowl and, and everything like that, but I got more coming. Don't worry. I'm still yet to give my official predictions and what I think is going to happen. And I got another banger video coming for you guys in a few days if all goes well with certain people that I'm going to try to go with. But um, today I want to talk about the, the Kelsey Bowl and specifically Jason and Travis Kelsey. So um, as I mentioned before on this podcast, I would highly recommend checking out the New Heights podcast um, with Jason Travis Kelsey. They do a great job. They've done a great job all year. And recently this week, they actually had their mom and their dad on their podcast talking about the Super Bowl, which is just peak content. Like, I wish I could have something as good of that one day um, to have two brothers in the Super Bowl on different teams interview their mom and dad before the Super Bowl. Just fantastic. Like, it's 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 awesome. Um so there's a lot of good little nuggets in there. If you guys want to check it out, I'd highly encourage it. Um, but yeah, so I want to talk about kind of the, the Kelsey Bowl and, and everything going on there. So let's talk about, I guess, their, their careers at this point, right? Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey have both won a Super Bowl. So really, this is just, they're tied right now. So this is for ultimate bragging rights. Um, I think Travis, as an individual player, has had more success um, you know, he's got more all pros. I think he has more pro bowls. He's definitely set more records because offensive linemen don't really set records, but Travis Kelsey is, he's, I think in the, in the battle of the brothers, I think he's winning right now. However, if the Eagles pull this off and the Eagles win, I think Jason Kelsey has bragging rights. I mean, I'd, I'd rather have, I'd rather have more Super Bowls and a little bit less accolades than, you know, and it's not like Jason Kelsey's a bum and Travis Kelsey's a stud. They're both studs. I think Travis Kelsey's just a little bit above him. But again, to be a Bull Studs and to have one more Super Bowl, I'd take that. Um, but yeah, so um, obviously this week is Super Bowl Media Week. And so everybody's been been asking questions and everything. And there was a really cool moment. And like this one, like really, I actually showed my mom this. Um, there was a moment where Donna Kelsey, their mother, um, they were like both on the stage with Michael Irvin, I believe. And she just brought them a bag of like baked cookies. Like, come on. Like, that's just the coolest shit ever. To have like a mom just come in and bring their son cookies. And of course, you know, she's got the, um, she's got the, in the front Travis jersey, in the back Jason jersey, that, like, that's really cool. I actually remember back in the day, um, Devin and Jason McCourty, I believe it was when he played on the Titans, but I'm not sure. It was split, instead of being split front and back, it was split down the middle, and it was, it was said McCourty, and it was the Titans and the Patriots, like, the two of them right there. Um, like, that was, that's just really cool shit. Like, I, I love seeing that. Uh, I'm sure the Watts have done something like that. I'm sure the Boses have done something like that, like... If you really think about it, there's a lot of there's a lot of brother duos in the NFL, and it makes you think like, hey, maybe half of being an NFL player is just having like god tier genetics. You know, that's the reason I didn't make it to the NFL. Obviously, I mean, you know, if I was a Watt or a Bosa or a Kelsey, like I would definitely be playing in the Super Bowl right now too. But that's not me complaining or being salty by any means. Definitely not. Um, but but seriously, like I think it's really cool like how many brother duos there are in the, that are in the NFL, um, and how much like 
you know, family. Like, you, you always see these guys, like, the Watts and the, the Bosa's and the, the Kelsey's and the McCordy's. They have great family structure. And I think that's great. And I think that um, part of the reason why I loved the, the, the podcast this week for their episode was it highlighted like their family and how supportive they are and how much they love each other. And I think that that's, that's really cool. You know, like that's a really cool message. Um, and it's really cool to see like the family supporting these boys and growing them up and, and everything like that and loving on them and, and helping them chase their dreams. Like that's just really cool. That's really cool shit to me. So hats off to, to the Kelsey parents. You guys did a great job um, raising your sons. Now, in terms of the game that they're going to play, um, oh, one more nugget, by the way. I actually forgot to mention, um, of course, as all siblings would do, they tried to make their mom pick, um, you know, you oh, Chiefs, Eagles, whatever. She actually had a really good point that um, she said two things that I thought that I actually really liked. She said, A, you guys have both won your Super Bowls. So at this point, she basically said that she's playing with house money. Like, whoever wins is great for her um, because she's already seen each one of her boys win a Super Bowl. So... You know, it's they they both got theirs, right? A. B, they asked her again, like Chiefs, Eagles, Chiefs, Eagles, who are you rooting for? She said offense. And I thought that was the most mic drop, like leave lead the Zoom call moment that she could have said. She said offense. And they were like, damn. And then they really tried to make her make a decision. And she and in classic mom fashion, she would not pick one of her sons. So uh hats off to Donna. Um yeah, she's she's been all over this week. She's been on like Good Morning America. She's been she's been everywhere talking about her boys. So hats off to her. Um, but again, in terms of the actual game, um, I think she's gonna have a lot to root for. You know, I think these two offenses are are great. And ironically enough, I think they're Travis and Jason are two of the key important members of both of their offenses. You know, Travis is gonna be one of the biggest pass catchers, especially with Miko Hardman out, Kadarius Tony, Juju banged up. Um, and then Jason Kelsey, obviously those Eagles, um, they run the ball a lot. And um, in that in that scheme that they run, you know, centers are very, very important. So they're both going to be very important roles. Um, they're both going to be very, very important in their in their own schemes. So going into the Super Bowl, I'm going to kind of, I guess, preview it um, and then kind of see what we're rocking with. I'll give I don't want to give my predictions yet. Again, it's too early. Like it's it's Tuesday. I'm recording this on Tuesday morning. Um, it's Tuesday. I'm probably going to wait till Thursday, Friday. Let me show my schedule. Yeah, so my my Friday podcast episode will will be my full it'll be my full kind of kind of predictions. So I'm not going to do that yet, but I'll just give you guys a quick little rundown of it uh, really quick. All right, guys. So I'd say for this segment we kind of uh, we kind of roll through the the odds of the Super Bowl and kind of give our, our predictions there. Again, not necessarily exactly what's going to happen, but kind of say what I'm thinking about the odds and everything like that. So I'm going to go ahead and go to FanDuel real quick and look at the odds for the Super Bowl. Now, of course, this isn't gambling advice, but if you want to win yourself some money, definitely listen to what I'm saying. Um, and if you're under 21, definitely don't bet. Actually, I'm kidding. Like, don't bet. Like, I, I'm not getting in trouble for that. Like, for real. You guys are snitches. I'm not. I'm not. Anyway. Um, so looking at FanDuel, the Eagles are one and a half point favorites. Um, honestly, I would have thought that would have been a little more. I would have guessed that they would have been two and a half to three point favorites. Um, the over under is set at 50 and a half, which again, to me seems a little low, but I suppose that's, that's about right. Um, so just, just off the bat, um, I would go ahead and take the Eagles minus one and a half. Um, I think 
not to spoil anything, but um, all right, guys. So I think for this segment, we go ahead and check out the Super Bowl odds and kind of give my little give my little rundown of who I think is going to win and everything like that. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and go to FanDuel Sportsbook and check out these odds for you guys. Now, before I get into it, this is definitely not gambling advice. So definitely don't listen to what I say and definitely don't win yourself a lot of money. And definitely don't bet if you're under 21 years old. No, actually, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't don't bet. Don't do that. Don't do that. I'm not I'm not encouraging any illegal activity. And I'm not getting in trouble for you little hooligans gambling all your Fortnite money away. Anyway, um, so we're on FanDuel Sportsbook. I'm going to go ahead and take a look at these odds really quick. See what I like. So just right off the bat, the Eagles are favored by one and a half points, uh, which to me seems a little low. I would have guessed, like I said, that they would have been minus two and a half, minus three point favorites. Um, I still really like uh, Kansas City to cover that, um, obviously. Um, the over-under is at 50.5, which to me seems about right. Maybe a little low, but about right. Um, again, two of the best offenses in the league with the two best quarterbacks this, this year. Um, I probably would have gone a little higher, but I suppose the, the Eagles defense is very good, so maybe that um, maybe that over-under is, is reflected by that. Uh, for Super Bowl MVP, the top two odds favorites are obviously Mahomes and Hurts. Because more often than not, it goes to the winning quarterback, regardless of if it should or not. But go ahead and look at some of these other odds. Travis Kelsey's at plus 1,600. A.J. Brown's at plus 1,800. Miles Sanders, plus 2,500. And Devontae Smith at plus 3,100. So, if you are a gambling man, my recommendation to you would be, I would sprinkle some on whichever team's quarterback you think is going to win. Um, so, if you pick the Eagles, I would sprinkle a little some on Jalen Hurts. If the, the Chiefs, I would sprinkle a little some on Mahomes. But if you kind of want a teaser, you kind of want a little some some extra, I might sprinkle a little some on Travis Kelsey. And here's the here's the thing, right? Plus 1,600, that's really good odds for a guy who is definitely going to be the main target of Patrick Mahomes, has had big Super Bowls in the past, and is a guy who I think the offense runs through. You know, it's, it's rare for an offense to run through a tight end, but I think he really does with the Chiefs. So I might sprinkle a little some some on Travis Kelsey. Um, in terms of the anytime touchdown score props, we've got um, Travis Kelsey at minus 115. So that that's looking uh, very correct. Uh, we have Miles Sanders um, at plus 120. Jalen Hurts at plus 100. A.J. Brown plus 120. Isaiah Pacheco at plus 120. Devontae Smith plus 165. I'm not going to read all of them for you. But what I would say is, is if I am going to pick one to throw some money on. I think Dallas Goddard at plus 175 looks really good. I would love, I would not be surprised if Dallas Goddard scored a touchdown. I think Isaiah Pacheco at plus 120 is good, although his usage rate has been down just a little bit lately. Um, if you want kind of a a big gamble one, um, I might go with, I could see Kadarius Tony scoring for plus 400, um, assuming he plays, which I'm guessing he will. Um, yeah, so yeah, so those are kind of the um, the anytime touchdown score props, and then let's check a look at take a look at some more of these. Um, Travis Kelsey plus twenty five yards in each half minus one forty minus one forty five. I kind of like that. Um, okay, okay, let's look at some of these specials here. All right, actually no, let's go to passing props. What is Jalen Hurts' passing prop at? Um, Jalen Hurts passing yards. The prop is set at 238. Okay. 
I would I would go under. Um, I would go under 238. Um, and here's here's why I say that. Again, Eagles are a very run-heavy team. They run the ball often. They they control the clock. That gives the Eagles less that gives Jalen Hurts and the Eagles less opportunities to throw. And um, so, however, I do think that if he gets it, it'll happen because the Chiefs secondary is young and and inexperienced. And if Mahomes is doing his part on the other end and scoring, then they they might be in a shootout. So Jalen Hurts might have to throw. Um, so, ooh, any quarterback to throw for 400 plus yards? Yes, plus 980. Ooh, I don't know if I like that. Um, okay, I like those a lot. Um, any QB, any QB to do total number of players to have a pass attempt? Oh, this is a Super Bowl favorite. Um, I heard Nick Wright talking about it this week on his show. Any no, total number of players to have a pass attempt over two and a half, um, plus 54. So if you think like a backup quarterback is going to come in or they throw like another Philly special or whatever, um, you might might throw a little bit on that. Let's go to some rushing props. Miles Sanders, his rushing number is over 61 and a half. Uh, I would take that. I would take over 61 and a half, definitely. And then Isaiah Pacheco's is at 46 and a half. Mm, that's a bit high for me. I would go under. I would go under 46 and a half for Isaiah Pacheco. Um, uh, rushing touchdowns. Will the Will the Eagles have a rushing touchdown? Yes. Yes. Minus 400. Yes, definitely. Will the Chiefs? I'd say probably not. Um, let's go to any defensive props. Defensive special team touchdown. Yes, plus 300. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Total sacks. All right. Over four and a half. Un, or over five and a half. Under five and a half. I'm going to go over five and a half, honestly. I think that the Eagles get to... I think the Eagles get to Mahomes three or four times. And then the Chiefs maybe get one or two. I would go yes. So, these are kind of some of my odds-on favorites. There's some of the, the gambling guide for, for the Super Bowl. Um... Again, this isn't gambling advice, so definitely don't take it and definitely don't win money. Um, and again, in my later show and, and on the on the podcast episode Friday, it's gonna be all Super Bowl based. I don't care. I don't care what happens thir- Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning. I don't care what happens. Friday is gonna be all about the Super Bowl. Um, we're gonna give full predictions. I might even have a guest or two on. We're gonna do our gambling. We're gonna do our prop bets. Everything we're gonna do. Um, so I gave you a little. I gave you a little. I gave you a little. Uh, appetizer in this episode on Friday. It's going to be the full main course. It's going to be filet mignon with them really nice mashed potatoes and those green beans that really have no business being as good as they are. Um, and I say that because, you know, that's what I made this week. So maybe I'm a little bit biased, but um, yeah, that's going to be, th- these are just the little cheese fries. And then on Friday, it's the full deep dish pizza. So we'll go ahead and make sure you guys are stay tuned for that because I'm very excited for that episode. So make sure you guys stay tuned. Make sure you guys tune in on Friday. And I think we have one more segment in this party episode. Let me check my notes really quick. Yes. Yes, we do. We have one more we have, we have one more segment until we kind of get out of here. So I'll save my my outro spiel until then. But yeah, I will um I'll see you guys in the next segment. Alright, so my next and final segment of this podcast episode on this wonderful Tuesday morning is about Steve Wilkes. Uh, Steve Wilkes, just as of about an hour ago, uh, accepted the position as the San Francisco 49ers new defensive coordinator. And as a Seahawks fan, I am shitting, pissing, crying, farting, whatever else you want to say. Um, But here's why I say that. 
I think Steve Wilkes is a really good coach. I think he's a really great leader. I think he uh, is very well respected. And I thought for some time that he was going to remain in Carolina. I mean, you saw last year in Carolina, um, he, you know, took over after Matt Rule was was unceremoniously let go of his duties um, and banished to Nebraska football. Um, and he took over the Panthers and he they were a significantly better team. And not to mention that they had at that point traded Christian McCaffrey and traded Robbie Anderson, two of their most talented offensive players. Um, and he stepped in and he did a great job with the Panthers. Uh, he got them very close to winning the, winning the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl, winning the division. And, um, you know, that's despite having Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, and P.J. Walker as his quarterbacks, you know, um, had no quarterback had really not a lot of talent on offense and he made it work and that defense especially um so i think that uh it's very it's very hard to win when you don't have talent on the offensive side of the ball and he and he did that he did that with with his guys so you know um uh i think that he should have he should have been rehired as the Panthers head coach. I think he deserved it. You know, he's kind of been, he's kind of been f- fucked over when he's when he's found head coaching opportunities. Uh, you saw him with Arizona, had one year. They gave him Josh Rosen as his quarterback and said make it work, and he didn't. And then they fired him and they hired Cliff Kingsbury. Um, my question for you is: Do you think the Cardinals would be in a better position today if they had somebody other than Cliff Kingsbury as their head coach? I think they would. So, um, you know, and I think that it's kind of just. Maybe it's just one of those things where, you know, uh, and I, I I don't like saying this. I don't like making the accusations, but I think, you know, it's been kind of proven time and time again in the NFL. Like, you know, minority coaches, they don't get as many opportunities. Um, so I'm glad to see him end up in San Francisco as a fan of football. As a Seahawks fan, I hate it. But as a fan of football, I love to see it. Um, he's going to be dominant with that San Francisco defense. I already know they're going to be just as good as they were last year, if not better. And my guess is, is that he takes the Robert Sala, D'Amico Ryan's route where, you know, coaches up the 49ers defense for a year. They're great. They're top of the league in every category. And then he goes and finds a head coaching position somewhere else. Um, so good for him. So I'm, I'm rooting for him as a fan of football and as a fan of his to do good this year in San Francisco. Um, and I hope that, you know, he's able to land on his feet somewhere else and find a, a good quality head coaching job elsewhere. So. That'll do it for today's episode, guys. I really hope you guys enjoyed. Covered a few different topics today. Like I said, my whole Super Bowl episode will be coming out Friday. I've got another video for you guys coming out on Thursday, which will also be Super Bowl themed because, you know, you got to capitalize on that. Got to capitalize on that trending topics, man. You know, that's, that's YouTuber 101. Um, but no, Super Bowl episode on Thursday, or Super Bowl video on Thursday, Super Bowl episode, podcast episode on Friday. Um, I will catch you guys. Make sure you don't miss it. Hopefully, you have a great rest of your day. Um, and that everything goes well for you guys. Love you all. Have a nice day. Peace.